Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Hi guys and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris. I hope you've all had a great couple of weeks since we last spoke. Um, lots been going on, uh, lots, lots of developments, things to talk about. Um, I'm actually going to keep this opening section a little bit brief today um, on the basis that I've actually, truth be told, I've recorded this one a little bit out of order today, just with it being the half-term holidays and family commitments and that sort of thing. Um, my time has been taken up away from recording, away from the gym. So um, I've actually already done the interview with, uh, with Matt State and actually with Matt Chapman as well um shh, don't tell anybody but no um so it's a little bit out of order but what i can say is um some great information shared by these guys today um and um yeah you want to really do want to stick stick around and check that out so what i'm going to do is i'm actually going to go through the um, little bits of news that were posted within our new podcast martial arts event promotion group um as i've already mentioned i am just going to be sticking to what's posted in there now spending way too much time trawling through facebook looking for news pieces so if you've got something you want submitting post it in that group and I will give it a mention. Um, so the first one is actually posted by um, my good, uh, slightly crazy, bonkers friend, Mr. Danny Bigley, um, who actually actually posted this. It was right on the uh, cutoff last time around for last week's episode, or the week before, should I say. Um, and on November the 17th, um, he's doing a, ch- a Children in Need 100-person kumite. Um, it's going to be at Matrix Martial Arts Academy in Leicester. Um, if you want to learn more about this one, um, I will post the event in the show notes. Uh, I'm always well up for um, anything to do with raising money, especially for kids, so uh, if you go along, have a look at the show notes, check it out. I'm gonna actually go and have a quick look myself, um, see if it's something else I can help out with or support at all anymore. Um, the next piece is from uh, Nathan, who's been on before, um, talking about the UTX Forms Challenge. Um, this is going to be taking place on the 11th of November, so very, very soon, um, at the Greenwood Academy. So that's 220 Farnborough Road, Birmingham. Um, there's going to be traditional forms, creative forms, extreme forms, uh, tricking workshops, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, if you want to register online, you can go to the UTX Academy um, forward slash UTX dash forms dash challenge. I'll put that in the show notes because I know it's probably a different one to uh, to remember. But they're going to be doing um, tricking camps, freestyle forms camps, that sort of thing. They've got a whole host of people that are going to be there teaching. Um, competitors and spectators alike are welcome. Um, you can give them a ring on 0779120 Um Alternatively, you can visit the website which is utxacademy.com again i will include that in the show notes um so last week uh, i had a slightly controversial topic of um non-contact based martial arts my views on it um, i've had lots of feedback from people over the last week um been, it's been really interesting chatting with people uh, who over the years have had experience and you know some people put some good points across and you know good to chat and it's great to have this open forum and it's something that i do want to do more of um, going forward so if you've got any suggestions for topics and um, things to cover uh, drop us a message on the forum, give me a PM, give us a phone call, whatever. Um, I've also, uh, just this morning actually, just announced um, one of the main ways that I actually finance this podcast is through my online kicking tutorial uh, websites and courses, uh, which some of you are very, very kindly um, got on board with. Um, I'm actually in the process of writing up a, a third course, and this one's going to be focusing on uh, pad work, which is one that I have been asked to do uh, quite a bit since the first one I did back in the summer. Um, so 
I'm going to be doing some doing some pad work. It's going to be a little bit different. Obviously, my good friend uh, Mr. Matthew Chapman, who's going to be uh, joining us later on. You know, he he's the mitt master. He's got some great pad drills, focused on different kick work. Um, but the stuff that I'm going to do, um, it's going to be a little bit different to, to the stuff that he's done. You know, um, different ideas, just different different ways that I like to teach and train um, kick work on arm pads. Um, so there's no stepping on toes or anything like that. Uh, no competition. I'd be stupid to try and compete with Matt anyway because he's the king king of the online courses in that respect. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to get straight into our interview with Mr. Matt State because it is a long one. Um, I didn't want to cut this one down too much because um, there's some great information in there um, and, and you know lo- lots of stuff to people people to pick up on and learn. And um, I would hate to have missed any of it out. And um, the only things that I will cut out are my stupid mistakes of which I made plenty of today <laughs> because I was freezing cold in the gym when we set up. And I'm going to blame that anyway. Not the sleepless nights, it's definitely cold. Anyway, without any further ado, enjoy, and I will catch you on the other side. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so joining us now, we have Mr. Matt State, who's very kindly uh, offered to come on and have a little bit of a chat about his quite extensive history in, in well, you're doing all sorts. I just, I always like to do a little bit of a read-up on our guests before they come on, and I did actually know a little bit about Matt's training beforehand from um, what I've seen on social media and what I've heard from him, uh, other people who've trained with him and things, And um, but I didn't realise until I started reading up on you how much stuff you've been up to in your short 25 years on this planet. <laughs> Quite, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I know a little bit that I read, read up on. Um, I, I noticed that you know you, you started out in the 1980s, which is when I started out actually, and um, so probably about the same age actually. Um, and you you started off in boxing. What was it that led you to down that path, or made you decide to take up that as the, as your first sort of combat experience? Well, the short answer to that really was um, I was I was still quite young at the time, and we'd moved to a, a new a new town with a new school, and and it was a little bit on the rocky side, shall we say. So uh, my mother decided the best thing to do would be to uh, learn some basic skills to defend yourself, and there happened to be a boxing gym just down the road, and so that was my first sort of forage into you know into the world of martial arts. Yeah, it got a good start as well. I would say it's a it's a you know fantastic fantastic thing to start in um you could do much worse than starting in boxing first thing because I mean, a lot of people kind of do it the other way around I, I certainly tried it that way around and wasn't very successful i must say <laughs> but um yeah how old were you when you started out then oh yeah this this well the thing is with this i was still only young so i was probably about nine or ten at the time okay. so yeah. um so we did some of the training but that was as far as it went i, I must admit i wasn't actually into that for very long and uh, I came back to it, you know, years later. But as a grounding, it was very, very good because it taught a lot of the skills that are sometimes missed yes. um, in other formats. You know, you, you know, your basic, your head movements, your all that kind of stuff, the footwork, um, j- just a lot of really good core valuable skills that that can really enhance everything else that people do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so what was it that led you to other arts afterwards, you know? Because um, I was reading, you, you know, you've, you've trained quite a lot of different things. So what, what, you, what was it that you moved on to next? And was there a reason why or...? Yeah, well, at the time, obviously, Bruce Lee was uh, sort of absolutely huge. Yeah. And, uh, and to my dismay, it turned out that nobody did any kicking in boxing. Um, <laughs> And then the next, the next thing on the list then was uh, there was a judo class down at the uh, local leisure centre in the town that I was in. Bear in mind, this is going back when the, the, you know there wasn't a black belt on every street corner kind of thing. And so, 
Uh, and so it was basically what was available in the area. And the other thing was judo. But then again, I found that uh, it didn't have, you know, the, the, the kicks that I was after at the time. And that sort of I didn't understand judo at the time. So, mm. uh, you know, so, so you know, it's, it's my bad for not realizing just how uh, effective uh, and, and really useful a system judo was. Because as a child, I was like, I, I want to be like Bruce Lee and I don't want to be, you know, doing these things that aren't like that. So, yeah, so it's kind of one of those where I, I again with the with the judo, I didn't really appreciate what I was doing at the time. It was only years later, you know, when you start to sort of you know discover stuff on a on a much deeper level that you realise the the gift that was given to you during that time, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can um, follow you with that one exactly because it's similar to what I did. I mean, we I wanted to do well. I wanted to do some martial arts, and also my dad wanted me to get involved with something, and I was I was given the option of rugby or judo and it was one or the other it had to be one or the other and I, I wasn't i've said this before i wasn't right up for getting wet and muddy on a sunday morning i was, didn't really like that idea and i went and had a look at one judo class but they weren't doing the things that i'd seen in films um and you know bearing in mind i'm sort of eight or nine years old at the time so you know i, I completely get it and then i saw a taekwondo club and i thought that's the thing that's the thing that I want to do, but I was just a I was just a kid. But it, it's what it was the anchor. It's what sort of got me going, and you know, uh, it's my base style. And then from there, I then, as you say, as you get older, you then you do you realise, you know, um, the, the 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 bigger facet. Them, there's more to it really than how you see it as a as a child. Um, so, um, you, obviously, uh, listed on your website, just some quick through look, look through all the different things you did. You competed as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I went from that. Um, you know, I had a bit of time off, you know, as you do, yeah. and you uh, you find out as a teenager the wonder of girls and things like that. And um, <laughs> so, I sort of fell out for it, fell out of it for a while. But then, unfortunately, I uh, I lost my father at a young age, That's and um, and that sort of propelled me, if you like, to, to to sort of rethink where I was going and what my life was doing and all of that. And that and that made me re. Um, you know, rediscover martial arts, if you will. And I was very, very fortunate at that time to have a, uh, a local group that was just down the road from me that um, that, that I didn't realise were at such a, a high level. And um, and so I went there just, you know, looking to start something again. It was Wadaru Karate. Okay. And um, it was a wonderful place in Bristol run by uh, Sensei Bob Flowers with uh, Sensei Arthur Meek from Bridgewater. And I was with those for a uh, you know a good few years, and uh, that was really where I had my my grounding, if you will. It was it was uh, Sensei Arthur and Bob that uh, that instilled all the the groundwork of everything that that I've done moving forward. You know, without them, I wouldn't. There's no way I would be uh, where I am today, and that's uh, that's something I'm very grateful for because um, a lot of people say that some of the traditional systems aren't very useful and all the rest of it. But I mean, to my own experience is that without that, without that framework and without that, um, without those building blocks, if you like, and that foundation, yeah. everything else wouldn't, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be as strong. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of times the thing that a lot of people overlook is it's not just the physical elements as well. Um, I, I mean, the, the school that I trained at as a child, and I know a lot of people now will they, they tend to look at sort of Olympic taekwondo systems a lot differently now than than um, what they used to, and that's just me looking in as an outsider. Now I used to train in the system, but um, I remember it was they were they were hard classes. They were really they were difficult classes, and you know I remember sometimes some of the things that, that we were doing. It, it did make me question. Do I, 
you know, why am I doing this? Do I want to keep going back? I did want to keep going back. And and some of the things were mentally quite tough as well as physically quite tough. And I, I'm thankful for that for that grounding whether the system's effective shall we say or not it was the training it was the it was the learning environment that we were in and it was the sort of the life messages i suppose um, that i picked up whilst there i didn't realize at the time but um looking back on it now i can see that those hard classes were a good start point that have led me on to you know things like this now you know talking on a podcast and the, all of the things that was that 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 learning experience that took me from that shy little bullied boy to you know where I am now. It was down to that that start. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I I think you've you know you've 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 very much highlighted one of the the main things with with modern martial arts, if you like, is that people um, seem to forget that you know in this in this modern world where we want everything now. Yeah. There, there, there is a time frame. You know, you, you, you can't become great at something in a week or a month. It takes years of dedication, and and the, and as you say, the self discipline, the mindset, the, you know, the um, the prioritizing. You know, all the things that is necessary to 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 follow the journey along. Where, you know, they're, they're great, great skills to have. I mean, let's be honest. You can teach you can teach somebody how to punch somebody in the face quite quickly, literally. And you know, give me an hour, and I'll I'll, I'll teach you how you know I'll teach you how to punch somebody in the face reasonably well. Um, but that that isn't the story, is it? That isn't what martial arts is about as a whole, or it shouldn't be. Mm. Yeah, again, and it's it's it's. Uh, I think you know, with the, with the advent of social media, it's just like the discussion I was having last on last week's episode. You know, um, you know, it, it's a good thing because in some ways it's it has got it, it's got people to speak about these subjects more. But at the same time, it's given some people the opportunity to be quite vocal on some things that maybe they're not necessarily have much experience in. They have an opinion on it, which is fine. We're all entitled to an opinion. But sometimes, you, do, I, you know, I do hear or read some things and think, ah, but you've not actually experienced it. So... <laughs> You know, absolutely. It's yeah. it's difficult looking in, but I, you know, going up. You know, some people are very critical of, of 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 you know schools that will have students going up and down in lines doing blocking sets for half an hour. Um, okay. What's the point in that? Yeah, but you know, the the task in itself. You know, having to perform and, and go through that uh, extended period of doing something that you don't want to do as an eight-year-old is a good learning experience because life is full of things that we don't want to do. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> we I, have to I, do. I, I, I think a really relevant point on that is that um, myself personally, and I'm sure a lot of other people, I didn't realise the value of what I was doing at the time. Yeah. It was only years later that it that that, that you know that became apparent. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, you know, and there are still people, I mean, we, we push for it. It is harder now, though. I'll be honest, it is harder now as an instructor to... to, to push those elements because you know we're living with the now generation aren't we the pick up and put down parents so to speak and they want they've got netflix and youtube and xbox and playstation and 520 whatever channels and everything's instantaneous yeah oh definitely i mean you can the 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 thing is we, we we can get um controversial about it and uh, uh you know and start pointing the finger of blame and things like that but you're absolutely right society is just everything so quick now um and i mean years and years ago number one finding a black belt of any yes. degree was, was a task number two finding a club that would that you know you could go to was was something as well and you certainly didn't go there and start demanding this that and the other you you fitted in or yeah left it's that simple really um Whereas now it's it's it is I you know I agree with you in a large respect that it is a constant battle to try and 
you know, keep everyone engaged and everything where the old me quite often, you know, just wants to say to them, well, look, you know, I'm, I'm here as a teacher and in a teacher capacity. If you don't want to learn, just don't come. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. But then I also understand, as you rightly said, there's so many draws on people's time and effort now and, and money's a lot tighter than it used to be. And nobody's got the time for anything, even with all these so-called time saving devices that, you know, it, it is almost a luxury for, for a lot of the, the, the kids, for their parents to bring them. And, and sometimes I think we do have to appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely spot on. Okay, so uh, later on, you moved into the security industry. Um, can you share a little bit about that and any sort of more memorable experiences along the way? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, that, that sort of ties back to some of the things you were saying about people having opinions about things and not necessarily having <laughs> okay. first-hand experience of stuff. And this was, um, I think the easiest way to explain this was it was an incredible eye-opener. The learning curve was just just so steep, it was ridiculous. Um you know, at the time I was doing reasonably well. At the time, I'd been training in martial arts for a, you know a good number of years. I'd competed at reasonable levels, um, and you know, I, I was young, I was fit, I was active, and I thought I was, you know, pretty good. Um, but it turns out that a lot of the stuff that I had been learning, I was really struggling to to make it work for me. I was really struggling to 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 find ways to. Um, to, to get it to be effective. Now, I'm not suggesting that what I was learning wasn't effective. What I'm saying is that I, for whatever reason, you know, hadn't uh, figured out how to how to make it successful, how to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so the learning curve was very steep because it went a bit like this. You know, you tried something, it didn't work, you got punched and you went, OK, let's try it again. Um, and so there wasn't really a lot of room for forgiveness in that. And, and that was one of the things that I found really interesting about it, because there were things like, um, you know, aggression and overwhelm and stuff like that things that i'd never really heard about in the martial arts training beforehand um you know you, you you do your physical skills and things but what i was seeing a lot was was very high level martial artists i mean you know we're, we're talking not just black belts but you know quite high downgrades um coming very unstuck very quickly because they couldn't deal with the aggression and you know what actually happens to the human body yeah. and the overwhelm of all of that yeah. and that i find really really interesting because that was you know as learning curves go that was a pretty steep one yeah i know i i, I can complete well obviously not at the same level as you nowhere near but i remember having experiences in my sort of teens as you do you you, you say the wrong things <laughs> to the wrong people <laughs> as we all do and i i remember thinking oh well we do this in class every week you know we we we, we pad up and we fight i'm i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine and uh, very very quickly at that age i remember i realized it's not the same <laughs> not the same no it's it's there, there are there are so many variables and so many differences. Uh, it's something that I sort of I, I, when I speak to people about it, I explain the uh, the good bad guy philosophy. I talk about the pantomime of violence, all these other things that actually um, lead up to and around the fight. I mean, if you think about when you're training or, or how a lot of people train is they will be in their sports hall, gym, whatever it might be. They'll be dressed in their uniform, their outfit. So they'll be psychologically ready for that. And they will also be in a position where, you know, their friends they're amongst friends it's comfortable they've taken themselves there by choice they know that there's you know that the worst repercussion there is is maybe an accidental injury and so when you take all of that out of the equation and it's you know it's in the moment it's now there's a definite consequence to action there's real fear um there's there's the unknown there's you know the overwhelm the psychological not being prepared mentally all of that you add all of that together 
and the physical skills suddenly become secondary. So um, does this, this career that's taken you all over to various different places and working with different types of people, is it? Uh, yeah, I've been uh, obviously a lot around the UK and stuff like that, predominantly UK based. Okay. Um, two good reasons for that. I, I, I have been asked on several occasions to uh, travel abroad and do things in various other countries as well. But uh, my my honest answer to that is I've spent a, a lot of years training martial arts and self-defense and things like that and very little training with weapons and, and so forth. So although I have done some weapons training and, you know, I'm proficient on a range if you like um i have absolutely no real clue in the real world and don't pretend to have so mm. if i'm going to a country where firearms are prevalent and commonplace then my skill set really isn't going to apply as well so sure sure, sure. It, it was a case of understanding your own personal limitations and knowing what you're good at and what you're not so um you know my my forte if you like was the fact that although i'm a, a reasonably sized chap i'm not one of those overly large guys that stand out in a room um and i'm also you know skilled in martial arts to the degree that um that i could you know i could utilize that if it was necessary yeah absolutely so um i see you also run a full-time school as well uh, when when did that open and um what what got you into that that side of things was there a, a, a point i know i myself i remember um it was a very spur of the moment thing when I suddenly decided to open a full time school. I'd be teaching for somebody else, um, but I just suddenly thought, actually, no, I want to do this now. So, was there anything similar for you, or uh, could you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, yeah, well, like a lot of people, I um, I was sort of brought in on classes as an assistant instructor, um, which was 1996, I think, if memory serves. Okay. And uh, I spent a lot of a lot of years teaching out of other people's gyms and things like that and and i just decided that um it was something i wanted to do at the time i was doing a number of different things and it was a case of well what how do i want to spend my time i was an operations manager for a security company i was working the doors um and i was you know teaching part-time and it was a case of well what's actually gonna you know what's actually gonna make me happy in the long term yeah. and you know, I thoroughly enjoy teaching. I really enjoy what it does for people and, and watching people progress. And so that was the choice that I sort of made. And so jumped in with both feet, really not having a clue about any of it. Um, and again, that's something a lot of people misunderstand. And that's where people like Gordon come to the fore yeah, because, yeah. Uh, you know, we are, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a teacher. I am not necessarily a businessman. So um, all the all the outside stuff that comes with running a gym, is is something that you know has to be learned along the way oh, absolutely absolutely i i um all, all the all the things that you could do wrong um when it comes to opening a full-time school i did them all pretty much when i started out and but what i'd gone from i mean i'd gone from um teaching for somebody else full-time six days a week so i understood the processes of running the the business side of the martial arts elements of the, of the of the business so to speak but i had no appreciation for anything like insurance business rights um planning permission <laughs> all of this stuff i just went into it all completely clueless didn't have a clue i've mentioned this before on previous episodes make sure you know about all that stuff first yeah i remember moving into the building and the landlord's like oh you don't need to worry about planning permission don't change your use no you don't need to worry about that i'll sort that for you <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> Um, so yeah, I learned all this on the fly in the first sort of twelve months, which was a very, very steep learning curve for me, shall we say? I'm good at kicking pads, but maths and anything like that, <laughs> horrific. So I got a good accountant oh, as well. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. It's one of those, isn't it, where the general public are like, wow, you must have a fantastic job doing four hours a day. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, we've all, I don't think there's a full-time instructor anywhere that's not had that one. Oh, but all you do is you just turn up for a few hours a night and, you know, teach a few yes. things, then go home. Oh, of course, yes, that's what we do. That's all we do. Nobody sees any of the other stuff that goes on. Um, but we're getting better at that now. As you say, with Gordon's advice, you know, we're, we're starting to give these jobs to other people, aren't we? <laughs> Well, the, the the thing is, we can't all be good at everything, can we? And that's really where, that's really where the line is. I mean, we just have to accept that, uh, you know, as instructors and teachers, that's where our passion is, and that's what we want to do. Um, but to be able to do that, we have to facilitate it with all the other stuff that comes with it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just joking. The, the joke of it is really that I'm terrible at this. Um, which is which something that I joke with Gordon all the time. You know, um, delegating is one of my worst things. I can't terrible at it absolutely terrible and you see it's the martial artist com you know um what's the what's the phrase uh, uh control freak you know uh, we want to be <laughs> it's my school it needs to be done the way i need it to be done and it's very difficult and, and i'm getting better at it it's taken me over 16 years but i i am getting better at it now um but uh it's, it's good in a way i think it, it all harks back to what we talked about earlier on about the discipline thing about you know um you know, having it drummed into us to to work hard and you know, we, we get what we put in, but we've got to work smart as well, haven't we? That's the thing. <laughs> right. Absolutely. We tried to, yeah. Absolutely. So um, uh, more recently, um, you became an author, I believe. Um, why did you find that experience? And can you tell us a little bit about your, your first publications? Uh, yeah, well, I I, uh, I decided to write a book uh, a couple of years ago because I had, um, I was forever basically being asked questions. You know, what was it like? What was it? You know, what did I do? How did that happen? What was it like working with those people? And um, and one of the other things that I found a lot is that there were there were books out on the subject. I mean, there were obviously some really cracking books, you know, Jeff Thompson's Watch My Back, so on and so forth. So there were lots of really good books within the genre. Um, but there were also quite a lot of books that sort of painted quite a um, an unrealistic picture, if you like, about what the work is actually like. Um, and so the the impetus, if you will, for me was was I actually wanted to to, to tell a story that was sort of the reality of it, as opposed to glorifying violence or just an endless um, repeat of stories of how I, you know, beat somebody up or something like that. That's not what I wanted from it, and so um, and so it's basically more a a truism, if you like, of of the actual industry itself, and and as it says on the cover, there that you know there is violence in the book. Violence is part of the job, but but it's not glorified and it's not um you know it's it's not a it's not a book about how hard i am because that's the last thing that i am mm. um and you know and i think i think the book is uh, for me it was just a way of, of of telling my own stories if you will you know everybody has them everybody has they say that everybody has a book in them don't they yeah, mine <laughs> i don't know if, don't know if anybody want to read mine or they might they might get half a chapter in and go oh, this guy's crazy <laughs> getting inside my head um so how did you how did you find the experience i mean i can't myself i mean i, I do I, I i type all the time every day i suppose but i can't actually imagine sitting down and trying to put words down for a book how how did you find that process you know was it was it easy did it come easy or did you have to work it did you find yourself going back and changing things a lot or you know how was it um, again, it's one of those where uh, fate sometimes uh, is a funny old thing, and it throws it throws path you know ways in your in your world that change your pathways. And uh, I started writing it a couple of years ago, and then it kind of spluttered, and 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 we sort of came to a a stalling time within it. And 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 then I sort of came back to it, and then I stalled again, and there was rewrites along the way. 
And so it was a process over a couple of years on and off. Um, and, but I had it about sort of two thirds done. And um, unfortunately, my dog had a had an accident and uh, he ended up basically being in a crate for eight weeks. Oh, wow. And the whole um, he had this major operation on his leg and wasn't allowed out. And uh, but, but that meant that instead of being out with the dog for hours on end, I was literally going out and doing what I needed to do and, and being with the dog the rest of the time. So rather than just put that as dead time, I thought, well, OK, that's a perfect opportunity to actually finish the book. And so I, I gave myself a, a set target every day and I sat there every day until that target was reached. Um, and then obviously the learning curve of getting it copyrighted, edited and all the other stuff that goes with it and getting it actually published and out there. Um, and so that's what I did within that time frame. And I gave myself that eight week window to get that done, which was uh, which which basically forced me to actually finish it and get over the finishing line because um, again, so many new things to learn and so many so many points along the way where you could just sort of run out of steam, if you will. So having that eight week window was actually a blessing in disguise. Excellent. So can you tell us? Can you tell us the name? This is this was the first book you're talking about now, is it? This one. Yeah, so the book itself is called uh, Modern Samurai, um, a revealing look at the world of the private security industry. Uh, now, it's called Modern Samurai because my club is called Modern Samurai Martial Arts, not because I actually believe I'm the, the reincarnation of a, of a, you know, a middle-aged warrior kind of thing. Because um, there's been the odd Facebook troll coming out with that kind of oh, nonsense. Of course, so, of course. That's, that's the internet for you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm aware that I'm a middle-aged, slightly portly fat man now. You know, I mean, that's kind of the way the world yeah, but works. But it wouldn't be a good book title, that, would it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not really, no. So it was actually it was actually called Modern Samurai because that's what my uh, my club is called. So that was the reason behind that. And, and realistically, the... The, the book itself is, is, is just a mismatch of, of stories and people that have been met along the way and, and interesting little anecdotes and things. And it's, you know, a lot of it is quite humorous. And I was really amazed by the positive um, feedback that I got from people, because obviously with your first anything, mm. when you put it out there into the world, you never quite know how it's going to be received. Absolutely. I mean, I remember with the this this podcast well not this this episode but when i first started doing these you know the majority of people were you know overwhelmingly supportive and like yeah this is great you should keep it and you always have that little bit of doubt in your head oh they're just saying that or whatever and um, but i kept hearing these positive but then of course i got that one i got that one email from somebody i can't remember what he said now this guy uh, said just a load of rubbish and it, under a false name and I'm like, and this is the first day. And I'm thinking, Christ, that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> so mm. we all get them, don't we? Um, in a, oh, so do you, do, you, do you feel this is something that you'll follow up on? And you, do you have plans to write more? Um, any ideas? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I'm actually writing uh, more books even as we speak. I've got sort of a couple more ideas and a few sort of half-finished things. I've got a couple of e-books out. Um, I'm doing a Child Safe series. Um, That's great. For... Yeah, predominantly for sort of kids regard self-defense, anti-bullying, online safety, all kinds of things like that. So there are a series of e-books. There's a few of those out already. There's a few more that are being worked on as we speak. Um, and that, again, goes in conjunction with the school stuff that I do and things like that. So um, so those are out. There's obviously the blogs and things as well. And I, I, to be honest with you, I've, I've always enjoyed writing. But like a lot of other people, I wasn't really sure of of how it would be received, if you will. But then... You know, you look back and you, you look back to sort of Jeff Thompson, uh, who is an absolute inspiration and is somebody that, you know, you can look at and say, well, you know, if, if somebody like Jeff can do it, 
and become incredibly successful with it, then it's it's it is it is open to everybody, Absolutely. isn't it? And so yeah, it's that it's it, you know as, as people say, it's that getting out of your way thing, isn't it? You know, um, I, I we wouldn't be sat here having this conversation now if I'd have carried on listening to that voice in my head saying, "Oh no, don't do a podcast. Nobody will listen to it." You know, um, and you kind of you, you kind of have to get out of your own way, don't you? And 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 dare to to give it a go and. Um, I think again, and it all ties in nicely back to the right back to the start when we were talking about you know the, the discipline side of it as well, and um, giving it a go and then sticking with it. That's the hard bit, isn't it? Sticking with it and that not going, oh, but it's not quite worked. Stick with it and keep mm. going and keep going and keep going and make it work. In, in a conversation that we had uh, uh, not too long ago, um, you mentioned some charity work, and I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your involvement and who it's with, and you know what sort of things you're doing. Uh, yeah, well, there's. That's something that started uh, about 10 years ago with this particular thing. We do a number of different things, but the, the school one is uh, is with a charity called Stand Against Violence, which is a um, a national charity that was set up by a guy called Adam Fouracre. His his brother Lloyd, unfortunately, was brutally beaten to death the day before his 18th birthday, oh, which was a, you know, a really appalling thing to have happened. And that was back in 2005. So on the back of that... Um, Adam set up this charity and he contacted me about 10 years ago and um, he basically asked if I would be interested in working with them and at the time it really it was more of, of an embryonic idea than anything else and, uh, and what he asked me to do was to look towards delivering some self-defense uh, for schools and things within the within the charity okay and so uh, I thought, what a fabulous idea. I mean, I wasn't sure that this this young guy who didn't look like he would say boo to a goose could actually sort of you know make it happen but the idea was sound and so i said yeah i'm happy to work and and it and it turns out that that you know the, the looks are very deceiving because he's actually got got a backbone of steel the guy is you know what he's gone through is incredible what the family's gone through is incredible and to and to build this this charity that is now national um you know is, is a remarkable achievement for him so um so that was really, really good. And basically over the past sort of nine, ten years, what I've what I've done is I've built a self-defense program that goes into uh, schools up and down the country through the charity that is very specific to the schools and what they actually want. And again, it's something that um, I hear a lot of people say and, and they say, oh, we've got this, you know, the program for schools or the program for kids and things. Um, but quite often it doesn't fit within that because the self-defense that we're delivering the idea of it is that it's designed within the charity, within the, the framework of the charity. And when you talk about somebody that's been beaten to death, then, you know, when I go into the schools, I don't take kick shields and kick pads and I don't teach people how to punch and kick. I don't show all of those things because that's not necessarily what we're about. Um, and it fits within the, the, the remit of the PHSC requirements. And so it ticks the boxes for the schools, which is really, really important because a lot of the time, a lot of the time people build programs and they do it with what they think the schools will want. Yeah. Whereas over, you know, sort of nine on 10 years now, we've actually honed it down to it to exactly fit what what is required by the schools to fit that criteria. So it's it's very, very specific. Yeah, and that's that's a big part of the battle with, especially with getting in, into schools. You know, obviously you've got an important message to share 
Um, but at the same time, you've also got to fit the parameters or the, the needs of what the school are looking for, the pressures that they're having from outside sources to, to cover X, Y, and Z or to comply with X, Y, and Z. If you can make that easier for them, then the chances of them having you in, they go up so much more. Um, so, yeah, it sounds... What, so can you tell us a little bit about what, what sort of things do you cover then? I mean, obviously, I think most people, generally speaking, they do do what you were saying. They'll take a load of kit in and they'll have the kids kicking and punching pads. But are you talking more... You, discussing specific scenarios or um, coping strategies or what, what sort of things do you do, do, you do usually? Okay. Uh, well, there are... How can I put this? There are subjects where I can be um, quite... Not confrontational about, but but I can give an opinion that it, that can be considered by some to be contentious, yeah. um, and this would be one of them. So I, I remember a few years ago, uh, I was actually delivering an anti-violence talk through the charity, and I was in the school classroom um, talking to the kids, and I was explaining to the kids how people can get you know can die from a single punch, from a single strike. And so I was teaching them that. I was teaching them that there's always a consequence to an action. I was teaching them that the moment that you go physical, it's no longer in your control as to what happens. You know, you might think you're just going to punch this person and teach them a lesson, but they may fall backwards and die. Mm. You know, so it's not up to you. And while I'm teaching these very valuable lessons to, to teenagers who are going to have been making these choices for real, um, I look out the window to see a local martial arts instructor wandering up the pathway with these two great carrier bags full of focus pads and kick shields. And he was actually supposed to be delivering self-defense. Now, what the school had done is they just booked this local guy. Uh, no, no, no offense to, to him, as uh, you know. By the way, I don't mean it like that. But they just booked this local martial arts instructor to, to come and deliver self-defense within this day, not understanding that what he was going to be delivering was basically a martial arts class. Yeah. And and so he turned up with his pads and they did some basic, you know, punching and kicking and things like that. Um, and it totally went against what we were trying to get across with the with the anti-violence stuff, because, you know, if, if, if I'm teaching somebody how to strike somebody and I'm not to say that isn't you know the way forward, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you can't preemptive strike or strike when necessary, all the rest of it. But what I'm saying is there are there are there are far more useful things that you can teach the kids than just that. Mm. And something I was told many years ago, which really just holds true for me, was is that you know if if the only tool you have is a hammer, then every problem starts looking like a nail, <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, and so that was you know that was said to me, and yeah, it, it, it's something that rings true. So what I tend to do, uh, what we've done as a program is we've built basically we talk about some conflict management stuff. We talk about what happens to the body. We talk about, um, you know, basic body language, the way communication actually really works. We talk about avoidance. We talk about escape. We talk about soft skills. Um, we do do physical skills. We do breakaways. You know, we do some controls. We do um, things like that. Um, so it's, it's a rounded sort of thing with regards to the, the knowledge that we get in, because normally it's done over uh, a format of, of, the whole school year and you get like an hour group an hour and a half group so you can only get so much information into that time anyway and so i'd rather get all that into them because it's a bit like learning out across the road and this is where martial arts and self-defense for me take separate routes um if you look at martial arts it's basically dealing with getting hit by a car it's the physical isn't it mm. it's, it's those skills whereas when you're teaching a child to learn to cross the road you actually teach them to stop, look, listen, and not, and avoid getting hit by the car in the first place, which I would say is far more valuable. Absolutely, that's a good. I like that. Good analogy. I like that. It's a good one. Good one. Yeah, I I, I understand exactly where you're coming from. I mean, I don't, as a rule, generally speaking, go in and do any sort of self-defense based stuff in schools because it's not my 
skill set so to speak it's not my background and as you say martial arts and self-defense yes they're interlinked but in in reality they're also they're, as you say they're very different but that said whenever whenever we, they do ask them to go in that quite often most years i get asked to do um it's like a an end of year thing with the the um kids before they go into a level so just finish the gccs and they have like a rotating day where they try different things out um and i always insist i say look i'll come in and teach they want me to do the pad work and stuff but i want you to give me a, a good section of time to actually explain to them um you know what, what's the legal side of things as well you know um i don't want to, don't want to go and arm them with it well, i say arm them but show them these techniques and 10 minutes later they're outside kicking each other in the face or whatever else you now to understand yeah. that there's this cause and effect there's two sides to this and um, to understand the, the, the legalities of it as well you know to say knowledge is power isn't it so you know um yeah so yeah. i also uh, i believe you you just i have memory serves um like myself you've started to try out um online stuff as well online teaching and courses did you tell us anything about that as well uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, could I just jump back to your last point a minute first? Yeah, of course, you can go for it. With regards, with regards to the legalities. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something again that I find is is lacking with a, a, a lot of a, a lot of people sometimes because you get people that are teaching self defence but don't actually fully understand what it is they're doing. And I say I'm not, you know, disregarding or dismissing anybody, um, but the legalities of it are really important. I I, I I quite often see people, you know, breaking arms off and stabbing people several times with their own knife and all kinds of crazy stuff, which looks excellent on YouTube clips. No two ways about it, but. You know, even if you are found innocent at the end of the day that you didn't do anything wrong, you're still looking at, you know, 12, 18 months through an, through an incredibly difficult court case that's going to wreck your family life. It's going to wreck your work life. It's going to mess with your mental health. You know, the repercussions on those kind of things are incredible. And, and that often isn't isn't looked at anywhere near enough, I don't think so. So, yeah, the legalities of it, really, really important. I mean, that's one of the things with the online stuff, going back to that, yeah, yeah. That, that, that I'm trying to do. Because um, what, I, what I tend to find is is the the time that I've been doing martial arts, working in security, being around all these kind of things and, you know, working as a bailiff and all kinds of stuff like that, um, it's, it's, if you like, given me a very specific way of looking at um, the martial arts and violence, for want of a better description. Um, and so for me the idea of doing the online stuff and also doing trying to do more seminars and things like that and actually going out there not as a not as a standalone thing the idea isn't for me to go hey i i know more than everybody else and this is you know you've got to follow my way kind of thing that's not it the idea is is to say well hey look you've got a very specific grounding in what you do and you're very good at what you do but you know here's some add-on things yeah you know, here's some here's some ways to make it, um, you know, maybe workable in a different environment a little bit. Here's some ways to to to, to make it that bit a uh, bit more useful in certain environments and 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 just other ways of looking at things. So the idea with the online stuff was basically to reach more people for starters. Um, you know, if you think about a physical class, they've got to be at a certain place at a certain time. There's only X amount of people you can fit into a room yeah. with regards to online stuff. It's out there. It's in the ether. It's evergreen. Um, you know, it, it can touch 10 people or 10,000 people. That's one of the beauties of it. And uh, and the realities of it is, is I'm not getting any younger. And the truth be told, it's, it's something that I would like to get down and get you know, and get a record of yeah. before, uh, before I'm too old and knackered to do it, basically. Yeah, no, I, I completely empathize with that 100%. I mean, I, I think there's a lot, I mean, I, I, I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased as well because I, I have an online uh, system too. But that being said, the things you've just said there, I, 
completely understand where you're coming from. I had a, the experience with mine. What was the final nudge for me? I was actually teaching at a charity event. Um, and I did something that previously I'd done thousands of times, never had a problem, hadn't done it for a while, um, did it, and um, n- nearly, no joke, nearly destroyed my right knee completely. I was, the, 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 was very, very, very lucky that I got away with it, um, with the words of the physio that I spoke to afterwards. Um, and he said, you've got extremely lucky with this one to stop being so stupid. And I thought, Do you know, he's absolutely right. I, n- I need to get this documented now. Um, because there's going to come a point, it might be next week, it might be next year, it might be another 10 years, I might not be able to do this. Um, and I'd much rather get it recorded and have it available for people to, to access now and take a little bit of the negativity from people that don't like it than, than focus on the people that don't get the online stuff and don't like it and are negative about it. Oh, it's not proper teaching, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'd rather not listen to them and then, you know, however many years down, I think, oh, I wish I'd done that. It's yeah. better that way around, um, and oh, absolutely, and, and the the amount of positive from the, the, the the things you know the positive feedback I've had from people, um, and I'm sure you've had the same that said, oh, you know, thanks for sharing that. I've I've struggled to find so I, str- I know I, I'd love to be able to get out to train, but you know I can't with work or with family commitments or whatever else. It just it gives them that accessibility, and, mm. and with 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 the internet being full of so much cat videos and, and and whatever else it's nice to actually have something on there that's benefiting somebody in some way even if it's you know only a small amount of people it's it's a positive absolutely yeah definitely i mean it's, it's one of those where um and, and I, i've said about this before it, it's the, the truth of the matter is martial artists in general we have to be dragged kicking and screaming to move forward with anything don't we <laughs> absolutely um that's the truth of the matter uh, but 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 when you look at it there isn't a single thing in this world that where people don't use video tutorials you know if you're going to learn to be a fighter pilot or a brain surgeon or even a scaffolder or a brickie you know there's tutorials to youtube for everything now and and most actual training packages in any walk of life you want to learn to play guitar you 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 get your online courses you know and and it's recognized as a, as a very useful training aid and that's what it is it's a training aid it's not a you know, it's not a don't bother going to a club and yeah. physically learning this stuff. It is a aid. It's an add-on. It's a. It's you know, it's another thing towards the whole. It's not the whole in itself. Mm, absolutely. So, yeah. um, what what's next for Matt? And and how how can people go about finding out all the different things we've talked about today as well? Before I forget to ask. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, well, there's there's obviously the the facebook pages there's my uh obviously just look for matt state uh youtube channel again stick matt state and it's fine just google my name you'll get lots of different stuff there's the blog and everything uh so there's all sorts of stuff on there i mean i'm, I'm more than happy to be contacted uh, i'm 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 looking forward to getting out more into the world because that's something that i've sort of not done up to this point and uh, i now feel that that's something that i would uh, actually actively try and do more of um because as I said, what I do is more of an add-on than a system, and so I don't claim to have this this overarching knowledge of everything. But what I do know is that, you know, with all the years of working security, working frontline in various things, being in very volatile, confrontational, violent situations, then that has given me a certain way of looking at martial arts, which I think can have a lot of value for different people. Um, but then you get the problem with that, that sometimes people aren't willing to accept that there's there's a gap in knowledge sometimes um 
so that's uh that's something that i'm really looking to do so yeah just basically google me look for me on facebook i'm quite happy to to, to chat and answer any questions and, uh, and and reaching out to people i mean if we look at the uh, richard smith's weekend the other weekend yeah. the fbma stuff that was a that was a fantastic weekend it was really really enjoyable some really great instructors on that um i know he's doing really well selling out this time but again the next one's in march and well worth trying to get on to um but but the my point with that is that I was one of the instructors there and there were a number of different instructors doing various things, some very traditional Japanese arts and Filipino arts and all that, but they all had the same sort of, you know, mechanics. They all had the same way of doing things, just, just their different nuances to it, you know, and that's the, that's the joys of, of what we're talking about here is it's not right or wrong. It's just a different way of looking at something. Absolutely. No, it's brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your time today. It's absolutely flown by. Um, that, that, that's been about 45 minutes, believe it or not. It's absolutely whizzed. Um, lots, to, lots to think on. Um, as always, guys, everybody listening in right now, if you have any feedback, if you have any questions or anything and you want to fire the motor map, obviously you can go to him direct, but if you want to go through myself or through the Facebook group or whatever, you are more than welcome to do so. Uh, Matt, thank you very much for your time. Really do appreciate it my pleasure thank you very much for having me on fantastic and we will chat very soon all right thank you very much sam bye now enjoy our podcast please remember to subscribe rate and review kickback with chris on itunes today so thanks again to matt for his time today um i'm sure you'll agree great chat some some good points raised in there actually um you know i do go into this with some some notes some questions that i have prepared i always i always try to do that as best i can um but that the conversation was 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 flowing in such a way that um we actually moved away from quite a lot of those questions that i had planned and uh, is it a good conversation and some good points there if you have any any feedback or anything that we we spoke about as always you can get in touch with us via the website kickbackpodcast.com when the thing's working because our website hosts are utter garbage at the minute but anyway i won't name them for obvious reasons but um yeah, if you want any feedback, get in touch with us through the website or you can get me on Facebook or text or whatever, all the usual methods, and I'll be sure to pass it on or you know get another conversation going within the podcast group itself. Um, as always, if you go to the show notes, you can check out all the links to the various things that Matt brought up and spoke about, um, all the different things, his publications, his courses, workshops, all that sort of stuff. It will be, uh, be in the show notes. You can go along there and, and check it out. Um, so coming up next, we have uh, Mr. Matthew Chapman, who's going to be talking to us all things martial arts business. Um, what I will say, a little cheeky plug for him uh, before we go to it. Um, his uh, new kickboxing syllabus actually launched today, uh, which I picked up a copy of. I've been having a little look at it myself for my school. Um, always good to check out different ideas, um, new things you can bring into class. And uh, what I will say about this this course is it's um, it's all it's been done in such a way that you know if you if you're just wanting a complete you know ready to sort of put plug and play um kickboxing course to put into your school then you know matt's done all the work for you um if you're looking for something that you can sort of swap swap out and change you know, add your own bits in take some things out that sort of thing it's been done in a way that you, you can actually do that um so if you're you know if you're interested in finding out some more about uh, the course i'll pop the link in the show notes as always um i do believe that matt actually posted a link in the facebook group failing that if you didn't i'll actually go in there myself and and, and post the link to it so you can check it out um i know he might he, he currently has some offers going on there i don't know how long i'm going to last for so you might need to be quick you know go and get it go and get it before the offers run out um but yeah definitely worth having a look at you know if you're in a full-time school either with existing syllabus or you're looking to you know add something to maybe a maybe a black belt program or or just to you know uh, you got some dead space you're looking at putting a new session in then this will definitely be worth taking a look at um 
Um, so, without any further ado, I'll, we'll get on now to our to a weekly chat with Matt, and uh, let's see what we've got to learn this week. Oh, and always get those pens and paper ready. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. Okay, so joining us, as always, at this time in the show, we have Mr. Matthew Chapman for our weekly Matt Chat. How are we doing today, sir? Very, very good. It's sunny and warm where I am, so I'm happy. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> It's freezing here. <laughs> You're in Barbados or something. And... <laughs> Man, I've actually got the I've actually got the heating on in my gym today. I'm not cold. Oh no, no, it's nice and warm down here. Weird. I'm in the wrong wrong part of the country. Part of the country, really. southeast. Yeah, that's that's true. Actually, that's true. You've thought about that one. Cool. So, um, what we what we're going to be talking about today? Uh, well, we're going to talk a little bit about retention because of the time of year that that we're at right now. Obviously, um, classes are getting full, the marketing's working, and everyone's quite happy. But of course, your next problem once you fill your classes is keeping the students there for as long as ta- as possible. So we'll talk about retention. Oh, yeah, time old problem. This one isn't it. This one's been around, and I know, and I know some people. Um, there's very different opinions on the whole retention thing, but it's something that whether we like it or not, we all we all have to th- we all have to think about. Um, uh, because if you don't, then, well, you don't have any students to retain anymore, do you? <laughs> Class is empty. Yeah, it's kind of uh, the most important thing if you think about it, because yeah. there's no point in advertising and getting 50 students turn up if 51 leave the next month. You're constantly scrabbling and having to work, you know, too hard to get new students in. So retention is, yeah, it's essential yeah and it can be as well i mean i i'll be completely honest as i always am with this you know when i even when my, my school had been running full-time for sort of five six years um i really didn't focus on it as much as i should and i always assumed that my retention was really good um and then when i actually systemized everything and i had a you know, process in place and i was keeping track of things I, I mean my retention wasn't horrific but it wasn't as good as i thought it was no, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably the same for quite a lot of people as well. Really, if they did scare themselves, if they actually looked at their their stats properly. Um, so, what sort of what sort of ideas do you do you have in mind for people out there? Well, um, retention is key in a, a martial arts school. As I mentioned, it's just vital to make sure that you keep students training as long as possible for their benefit and also for your benefit as the, the school owner, business owner, for their benefit, because, you know, no one's really going to benefit from martial arts if they only train for six weeks, for example. Yeah. It's not going to make any difference. They're not going to really learn anything. It's not going to massively improve their fitness. They're not going to notice any sort of change in their life. So it's in our students' interest to, for them to train as long as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, as a business owner, it's in our interest to uh, help them train as long as possible and stick around as long as possible. So it's kind of important to understand that it's not just about – uh, making money for the business it's also about you know a student needs to be with you six to 12 months to sort of get any sort of benefit yeah from training so that's the first thing i think is most important yeah and that that can be a really tricky phase as well for a lot of people can't it just the, the initial three three to six months um getting them through that through that phase you know the, the sort of honeymoon period of oh, we love the idea of martial arts oh crap we've got to do lots of hard work to get good at this it's kind of getting yes. them over that that initial that initial hump can be quite quite tricky. Um, so, I mean, did you have any any strategies within your school um, to to help with it? Yeah, so I have a, what I call a TLC uh, program, which is tender loving care. <laughs> You're tender <laughs> loving and caring. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I try to be. So, 
it's basically looking like you mentioned looking after students during that first sort of um 30 days uh 30 to 60 days where it really makes a, a big difference mm. uh, and helps them stick around longer so there's a whole sort of um system that you can use to ensure that students stay with you for as long as possible during those periods the first thing i like to do is a uh, make sure that I'm contacting them at least once a week to okay. see if everything's all right, if they're happy, if they're enjoying training. That doesn't have to be necessarily cool. Sometimes text messages are better because they're easier for people to pick up and they can get back to you. So I'm making sure I'm staying in contact with them during this kind of uh, first beginning phase of their training. That's quite important. Yeah, that's that, that's a big one we found as well, actually. I, um, um, I mean, it's, and it's easy to do. A lot of people go, oh, but it's hard work. But if you get the systems in place, I mean, getting everything set up can sometimes be time consuming. But once it's in place, um, once we had our tech system in place, all the numbers are in there and everything. And, um, you know, we could add, uh, we had it set so we could identify the new people for that month. And then it's yeah. it's a standard text message. It's once you send it one once to however many numbers it is, um, and that's right. The feedback you get from that was really nice. So, oh, or if it's parents, oh, we showed little Jimmy the text message was really excited yes. that you'd noticed it'd been, and they get really um, the same. We do we do the same with um, birthdays. Um, send them a happy birthday email automated, and they love that. Absolutely love that. It's just that little yeah. touch, and it and it it takes no effort anymore um, these days. It's no. not really an excuse for it. Um, no, no, no. It's so really it's, easy to do. It's really quick and it makes a big difference to the people. They feel like you appreciate them yeah. and that they're valued. So that will help your retention straight away. Okay. I'd also advise uh, mentoring during the first 30 to 60 days, which is where you get a senior student to kind of buddy up with the new beginner if they haven't brought friends with them. Because obviously it's quite intimidating walking into a martial arts school by yourself, not knowing anyone. Absolutely. And that's what puts a lot of people off. So we usually get our friendliest sort of senior grades, our most sociable um and people who want to help out and just get them to look after a couple of beginners for the first few months, show them where things are, ask them if they're okay, partner up with them if they're struggling or if they need a partner, and just kind of hold their hand, basically. So that works really well. Yeah, that's that's a cool one, actually. I've not really thought about that. We've always got our, you know, our junior assistants in the classes, um, yeah. which you know we, we get them to help out. But it, it's very easy sometimes as instructors when you're doing sort of four, five, six classes a day um, to drop into autopilot and just go okay everyone find a partner and then go get some pads and then the, the kids the new ones like who, who, who do i stand with and yeah and, and, yeah. I, and this it, is a big problem you know a lot of people are very self-conscious so mm -hmm. to be kind of stood around feeling like they're totally lost in the middle of the class puts them off mm -hmm. you know you got to really take care of the beginners so that they feel supported and, and safe all time i also send them uh, educational weekly emails via my autoresponder about training because if you've got a big school and you're the main instructor, you, you have you don't have time to explain to beginners that, you know, nutrition plays an important part in getting fit, yeah. um, that they will experience muscle soreness and how to deal with it and not to worry about sparring and what equipment they will need. You don't have time to run through this with each beginner. So I use email, uh, automated emails that get sent out weekly to the new students explaining, you know, welcome to the club this is how it works gradings are here this is why you should do your gradings what to do about muscle soreness how to stretch what's good nutrition how to stay hydrated how to get the best from your martial arts training and this just goes out automatically and conveys mm. the messages that you need to tell them so yeah that helps. good that's i mean that's awesome 
added value as well. I mean, uh, it, it can be that little nudge, you know, they maybe wake up that morning and they may be feeling, you know, because obviously people turn to martial arts for various different reasons. And it might be that that day they wake up and they f- they're feeling really down and, you know, I'd, I don't think I'm going to go today. And that, yeah. missing that one class is the start of the snowball effect of, oh, I missed last week. If I don't, oh, I'll have fallen behind. I'm not going to go this week. And then That's that right. email lands in their inbox. Yeah. And it just gives them little sort of, oh, you know, I've been noticed. Exactly. Oh, I've been noticed. That's nice. They've sent me an email. Oh, that's really yeah. cool. They give it a read. They feel good about themselves. I'm going to go now. You know, and, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, definitely. It's all good. That's that exactly one. how it works. Cool. Exactly how it works. Um, other things I like to do is I like to do free 15 minute privates with um, students who I think are struggling or maybe not integrating too well. So, obviously, watching the beginners classes, you can see the ones that are maybe having a hard time coordination wise, maybe fitness wise. Mm. So I'll just say to them at the end of the class, hey, would you like a free 15-minute private to uh, you know, work on that particular technique? And then I start to build a bit more relationship with them, a bit more rapport with them, um, and that really works well because then they're working with the chief instructor and you know, feel appreciated yeah. and that we care. Yeah, then, and then they've, they've, they feel special. They, 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 you've noticed them, you know? Um, yes. And we all, we all want that attention, don't we? Sometimes, yes, that's what we all do, whether we, whether we want to admit to it or not, really. Um, hence, social media being as big as it is, you know, we, we all have yeah, a little exactly. bit of attention from time to time. Cool, I'm liking this, I'm writing these down. I always do this every week. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like a mentoring session for me every week. I'm sitting there and writing all these down. Excellent stuff. Excellent. The next thing I like to do is I like to tell them when their first grading is, so I set a goal for them, right. Um, so, you know, three months, four months in the future, you'll be testing for your, your first belt and this is what is involved and by then you'll be able to do this, this and this. So I'm pre-framing them that they will grade and that they will be ready by then and that by kind of agreeing to, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'd like to do that. They've kind of set in their minds that they're still going to be around in three months time. Yes. Good idea. Good idea. And there's obviously they have the, some some students will have that worry about gradings as well. You know, that, that yeah. sort of, oh, no, I'm, I, I'm going to be put on the spot. And if I get it wrong and everybody will think this. And Yeah, know. well, I've run through how we how we do our gradings and all of that so that they're comfortable with that. It's just like a regular class at my school. So Excellent. Loving this. Yeah. Good, some great stuff here. Some great stuff. Hopefully hopefully stuff that people out there are listening to now and taking it on board. And actually, I know that they do because the feedback that they, they, they give is, is always positive on these sections. So um, cool. Excellent stuff. There's lots to be going on there. Um, mm, so have- there's lots of things you can do. I've got a list of 30 um, retention strategies that I've got in an ebook. If anyone wishes to get it, yeah. they can go to blackbeltbiz.co.uk and uh, you can find the retention ebook on there. And it's just packed full of ideas um, and concepts to help you keep students for longer. Because if you get this stuff right, you then have to do less marketing because you're going to so you have to let, spend less money out. And also, if you get this right, these types of people who you serve to a very high level tend to refer their family, their friends, their co-workers to you. So your marketing budget reduces even further. And at some point, you get to a point like I was at my school where I didn't need to do any sort of advertising other than referrals and Google, and that was it. Absolutely, yeah. Spot on. I mean, if you get service right, it, it you know, it's is really good for the business long term yeah uh, absolutely spot on because you know i've i've you know been doing this for a while now and i've noticed myself you know 
with with my school that we do we we focus on the service you know providing the best service that we can we don't get everything right just the same as no, nobody does you don't get every every element we try to um but we we found that our retention is is good and it, as you say it means that we we don't have to advertise as as often as, as yeah. some schools are you know and I'm, I'm not I'm not suggesting that anybody that's having to advertise lots is doing anything wrong they might have a you know a, a 10,000 square foot gym you know <laughs> yeah they need to fill you know to keep the place running you know for various reasons but um you know it's uh, it's it is right you know if you if you put time and effort into getting your retention good it, it just yes. creates just less headaches you know um uh, unless you're working out of a tiny building like I am, which we <laughs> we, actually, <laughs> we actually joking aside, we created a really quite quite a difficult bottleneck effect in that uh, at one point our um, what we term phase three, which is like highest grade group, it was yeah. the biggest grade group in the entire school. Yeah. So our triangle was sort of the other way around to most schools. Yes. You know, we had a much smaller beginner group and a massive, massive advanced group. <laughs> and I'm thinking, where am I going to put all these people? Because people kept moving up grades, obviously, and I had yeah, nowhere else for them to go. Uh, well, you're obviously doing a good job if they're sticking around that long. <laughs> yeah, well, but... you like to think so. That, that yeah. you know, that or we're just attracting the right people. <laughs> yeah, of course. Cool. Absolutely. Abs- excellent stuff. Okay. Um, well, thank you, as always, for your time. That's all right, mate. I hope you have a, a good rest of your week, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up next time. Okay, cheers, dude. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Well, that guy has some good ideas, doesn't he? <laughs> Never fails to deliver, Mr. Matthew Chapman. Um, thank you again, as always, sir, for your wisdom. Um, good, some good, good things to think on there. I think uh, it's always it's always good to um, take a step back sometimes and just just review the way that we're doing things as school owners. You know, as I say, I've been my school now has been been running it full time sixteen years. I've been teaching full time twenty years, and it's so easy to get into these routines where we miss the obvious. Um, which is one of the one of the reasons why I love to have Matt on for these chats because it just you know just gives us that opportunity just to step back and 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 you know see these things that are you know going on we they're completely going over our heads sometimes so uh, yeah as always big thanks again to Matt for his time um so uh going forwards next week now the next episode um we might actually be able to squeeze an additional one in next week i, I know i said that before but um i've got a guest coming on um all been well that that hopefully with the timing of things it would be good to get them on um asap uh, you'll see why when they're on um and I'm, I'm actually looking at just switching up the format a little bit next time around now i'm gonna just run it by you a little bit now so anybody that's anybody that's still with us by the ep- end of the episode here now um now joking aside though a bit of feedback is always good i'm looking at swapping things around a little bit so that maybe you know we do an opening section a little bit of a news um, straight into our topic if we have one a guest then another bit of news um then into our weekly match chat and then some more news to finish just to just to spread things out the feedback I've had from from a couple of people um, has been, you know, uh, you know, I really like the podcast, but sometimes the new sections a bit too long and that sort of thing. So, you know, whereas I do obviously want to give the community a shout out and you know help people to promote good things that they're doing, at the same time. I don't want that to be putting off people, um, you know, waiting for the guests. I know. I mean, I know with my with the podcasts that I listen to. 
Um, some of the some of the bigger ones, I I get it. They've got to have that sort of product placement in there. They've got to do those ad sections, and you know a lot of podcast apps now they sort of like have a, a twenty second fast forward option on it or fifteen seconds, so you can you can sort of like blitz your way through the advertising sections. So you know, um, there is that as an option. But you know, how would you feel the listeners about um, me sort of changing up the order a little bit? You know, if you got any ideas or any feedback, as always, get on this, get us on the Kickback with Chris Facebook group um, through Kickback Podcast podcast.com um, drop me a text drop me a Facebook message whatever give me some feedback it's always welcome and as always I know I'm battering on this about this a lot but it's super super important if you can take 20 seconds out to go onto iTunes search for Kickback with Chris Martial Arts Podcast and give us a, a star rating and a review I'm not even asking you to make up overly positive reviews just give us a star rating and review you know um it helps us out massively to increase our reach so that people more people hear the more people are listening the more people downloading the more things we can do with the show going forwards hope you all have a great rest of your week or weekend or whatever time of the week it is where you guys are at. i hope you're not too cold obviously if you're in the other side of the country i hope you're not too hot whichever way around it is um and i will catch you all again very very soon thanks again for your support chat soon. Bye now.